Howdy. Well, sorry I did not make it last week. Uh, I was in the midst of the throes of various coughing fits. It would not have been enjoyable or pleasant whatsoever. But it sounds like we had someone who was able to come in and take care of things. That looked like an epic beard that guy had. So, oh my word, I don't know if and when I could ever pull that off. But um, really wonderful and glad that other ministers in the area can have each other's backs at times like that. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit to you about our fourth Advent theme. I wanted to talk to you about love. And as much as we oftentimes take this term and this idea for granted, is that the idea of love ends up being a lot deeper and more expansive than what we may realize. See, it turns out that love ends up becoming something that's harder for us to abide in than we sometimes realize. And to try to get this across a bit, one of the things that I realized was how much I was not communicating love because of being late. Something that you have to understand is that there is such a thing as Jason time. Jason time is typically about a half hour late to any event. Okay? It, it doesn't really matter necessarily what the event is, but take whatever the time is, add a half hour, and that's usually the time when Jason would be expected to show up. Now, over the years, it's become sort of like a recurring joke at various times. Uh, at one point, even being told one time that an event was half an hour earlier in order to make sure that I uh, got there on time. Um, however, joke was on them, I actually felt really good about getting there on time and ended up 20 minutes early. So, but with it though, is over the years, it started to become something of, you know, yeah, it was, it was funny, but also at the same time, it was sort of this underlying idea of, yeah, but if Jason's constantly late, what does he think of the event he was going to in the first place? See, one of the things is that oftentimes in being late to something, it can communicate to people that you don't think that their event is as worthy of your time. Whenever a person is late, it can oftentimes be seen, be seen as you don't respect the host. And that was something that I struggled with especially for my sister and my sister's family up in Cyprus. I lived in Baytown for a while there. And if I wanted to go see my sister, that was an hour investment each way, no matter what. But with it though is oftentimes it'd be a Friday afternoon and I'm trying to squeeze in everything that I can before I leave. Did I take care of all my chores? Was the laundry done? Did I make sure that I had all the things ready for my next uh, teaching assignment and I had all my lesson plans prepped? Did I make sure that I had everything in my backpack that I could possibly need for the entire evening? Even things like, well, what am I going to do when I get there? Am I supposed to be helping with dinner? Am I supposed to be playing a game with my brother-in-law? and then realizing that I was supposed to already be there and I hadn't even gotten out the door yet. The thing was is that as much as I was spending so much time in my mind 
trying to make sure that I had everything taken care of that needed to be done is that I was missing out on just being there with my family, which was the biggest thing that they had wanted in the first place. Over time, then, as much as from time to time I still have my moments, but by and large, it's usually five to ten minutes now rather than half an hour. With it, though, is that we realize sometimes that the simplest things are what's actually needed to communicate love. And I want to do that with uh, one of the uh, most obvious figures in Scripture that helps us to realize how to communicate the love of God. King Ahaz. Uh, yes, that was meant to be a joke. Y'all, most of you don't even know who that is. and so. But somehow, one of the things that always stood out to me about this story was that literally he had to do nothing and it would have been better than what ended up happening. You see, what was going on is that Israel had been split. The northern kingdoms were still called Israel and they were uh, being ruled at the time by uh, King uh, Pekah who had uh, killed the previous king in order to make sure that he had taken over. Uh, with it though is there was also Syria being ruled by King Rezin, and neither one of them wanted to be dominated by Assyria nearby, being run by Tiglath-Pileser III. Now, what they did is they then went to the king in Judah, King Ahaz, and they said, partner with us, make alliances, and we'll make sure that Assyria can't boss us around anymore. But you see, the difficulty is that neither one of those countries was actually a good country for Judah to ally with. You see, they also had various practices that were very, very displeasing to God. Not just in regard to sacrifices, which may or may not have sometimes involved children, but also in regard to the ways in which that they would practice their rituals, oftentimes abusing sexuality and the like. See, essentially, even though Israel had the name Israel, it wasn't actually behaving like the children of Israel. And so what did God say? Don't, don't ally yourself with them. And then what does he end up focusing on? He ends up focusing on the birth of a child. What he is communicating is that before this young child can be born and weaned and come to know what is good and evil, those two countries of Israel and Syria, they'll be gone anyway. Don't bother with them because by the time you even get to that point, they'll be gone anyway. But you see, he did listen. He did avoid partnering with them, but what did he end up doing instead? He partnered with Assyria. And Assyria ended up coming and besieging them later and making their life miserable. All he had to do was nothing. But you see, that was the struggle oftentimes. Is that 
instead of just focusing on what God wanted from the people of Judah, instead of just focusing on what it was that God had to communicate, is that instead, they wanted to make sure that they stood out, that they were noteworthy among the nations. You see, even back then, they were worried about having cool altars. See, they, anytime they saw the altars in another country, they wanted theirs to be just as cool, not just in the way that it appeared, but also in whatever practices that they had as they would do their sacrifices on the altar. That can sometimes be difficult. Is that sometimes we can get so caught up in wanting to be attractive and obvious and noteworthy. Uh, I was, uh, I, I had told everybody, uh, uh, you know, hey, come on over if you feel like coming over on, on Friday and uh, be able to celebrate Christmas, you know, if you, if you have the opportunity, if you're free. In the midst of it, one of the things that was noteworthy is that apparently a lot of people wanted to make sure that they invited people to come over to church. And as soon as somebody said that, they were, uh, in a sense, they were laughing about it. It's like, oh man, well, one way or another, we got invited to your church one way or another. And I'm just kind of sitting there, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, but you're laughing about that. I'm actually kind of thrilled that they did. <laughs> but even more, though, is that to go from laughing about people inviting you to church, but then the conversation started going to a lot of the other churches that they had visited. And they started talking about this pastor who turned out had actually been having an affair on his, with his wife, an affair with someone else who wasn't his wife, then turned out went to go and plant a different church somewhere else in Houston, and then turned out this other one who had promised that he would never get caught up in drama, ended up uh, leaving because he wanted a better salary somewhere else, and all these different things. And I remember, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking to myself, yes, but at the end of the day, you're probably still going to go to their churches because they're fancier, they're larger, they had a better marketing campaign on Facebook. And I'm sitting there thinking, y'all joked about the people at our church inviting you, but at the same time, are we in the midst of all these other issues that are coming up. And that was the thing that threw me, is that part of me was a little bit jealous. And then I had to pause and slow down and say, yeah, but at the end of the day, are we showing mercy to people? Are we hearing scripture? Are we spending the time knowing who God is? But also, are we more focused on loving God and our neighbor or are we more focused on loving whatever trappings are around us? And that was one of the moments that I had where I had to pause and I had to say, you know what, maybe, maybe it's okay to just let God do what he's going to do in his timing. You see, that, that son, that child that was promised, whenever we read the passage that says, Emmanuel, God with us, you see, the original person being spoken of was actually King Hezekiah. You see, after King Ahaz came King Hezekiah, and he went and he ended up completely, completely redoing the way that they did worship. 
The whole goal was for him to come in and to make sure that the altars were not being utilized for pagan worship or for idols, that they stopped sacrificing people to make sure that there was actually going to be the reading of scripture among the people, to constantly look through and figure out how can we be the people of God. Hezekiah ended up being one of the better reformers among the kings throughout the area. But at the very last minute, he still slipped up. And when they had managed to resist the king of Assyria, and managed to cause him to go back to his kingdom, he just couldn't help but demonstrate how strong they were to the king of Babylon, who would then end up coming along and taking over them for the next 70 years. See, that's oftentimes one of the things that we end up finding as difficult. Loving God and loving your neighbor sounds so simple, and yet that seems to be the part that we miss the most. When we look at our gospel reading, and we're looking at what it is for the angel to be speaking to Joseph, and says, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. You see, the thing is, is that we oftentimes lose sight of the fact that there were many things that actually could have been done wrong. You see, Joseph could have run away. He could have been like, you know what, this is a little too complicated. I don't know what's going on here. She's saying that she is, you know, pregnant by the Holy Spirit. That doesn't sound quite right. Uh, but even if it's true, who would actually believe it? How many people in Joseph's family do you think were like, dude, your wife is pregnant of the Holy Spirit. Are you really going to buy that? He could have just run away. Or they could have tried to rush. They could have tried to rush the wedding and to be able to say, okay, Let's say that she is pregnant, but maybe we just want to make sure that it's not so obvious. Let's just go ahead and go get married now, and then that way we won't have to worry about the way that it looks. Or maybe even more than that, if they were following Abraham's thinking, let's go ahead and get married now, and let's start trying to have kids, so that then whichever one is the first one is the one that the angel must be talking about which is, of course, how Abraham had Ishmael before he had Isaac. Or even more than that, what does it mean just to stop and say, God, you do what you're going to do? And that's a hard part for us right now in this season. There are a lot of things that we want to make perfect and beautiful at this time. Uh, it, is, it is December 24th. If your packages have not arrived by today, they're probably not getting here in time. I know somebody needed to let you know that. Just giving you a heads up. If the cake doesn't come out right, you're probably not going to go get anything new. You just got to leave it be. If there is any pecan pie that is left over in the fridge, 
from Thanksgiving, you may end up having to serve that. That may or may not be what is currently sitting in my refrigerator at this time. <laughs> Along with some pumpkin pie, but it is what it is. But with this, though, is that all of these things that are going to be so difficult and stressful, especially these next 24 hours or so, is that it's going to be so easy to try to figure out how to be not just busy, but also trying to make everything perfect, when in reality, love God and love your neighbor, is that the greatest gift has already been given to us. And more than that, is that you have the greatest gift in your life already, your family and your friends. And it is so easy to lose sight of that. But you see, that's the thing about what we see, not just with Mary and Joseph, but also with ourselves. Is that when it says to abide in God, because He abides in us, that's harder than we might oftentimes want to admit. Right now, what is abiding in your heart? Is it stress? Is it anxiety? Is it frustration? Is there somebody that made everything difficult at work? Did somebody end up getting sick and now you have to take their hours? Is there something going on with one of your relatives? Is one of the kids fighting with another one? Is someone up in Kansas having a visit with family and you're not even sure whether or not they're going to see everybody while they're there? Right now, what's happening in your heart? Because one of the hardest parts right now is that it is oftentimes not love. And that's where we find ourselves today, is to be able to pause and slow down and say, God, my heart doesn't always have love in it the way it's supposed to. It says here in 1 John 4, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And then skips down, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. There are a lot of things that are distracting us from that. And a lot of things that we feel that we're going to need to accomplish between now and the new year, and everything that we have to try to figure out as January comes along. But the truth is, is that it really just is that simple. Is that God came to this earth to be with us. And that as much as Mary and Joseph could have tried to figure it all out, is that instead, the best thing for them was to sit back and to let God do what he was going to do. And right now, that's for you too. God is currently at work. But do you let him do that work? Are we so busy trying to make sure that everything is perfect the way we want it to be 
that we miss out on seeing what it is that God is doing in our lives this season. So, wherever you end up finding yourself the rest of today, hopefully tonight at 7 p.m. here at Christ Memorial Lutheran, but may today and tomorrow be an opportunity to enjoy the time with God, with those whom God has placed in our hearts and in our lives. Not trying to force what we think everything needs to be for Christmas, but instead enjoying the best part of it. That God is in control, that God loves us, and that he has given of himself for us. And because of what he has done, we truly have the love of God ourselves. Thanks be to God.